0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All right. We welcome you in our warriors weekly podcast for 95, seven, the game, John Dickinson joined by Matt Steinmetz as always steiny, uh, as we record this uh, on Friday morning, warriors in Philadelphia and, and getting ready for I think one of the – at least what appears on the surface to be one of the bigger tests in the early going of of this Warrior season, but then I started looking at Philadelphia and Indiana and the Knicks and Celtics and Raptors, and all five of these teams, I think, would say to this point in the season, they're disappointments. I mean, Philly's seventh in the East. The Knicks, Raptors, and Pacers – Wouldn't even be in the play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference if the season ended today. Uh, And then who am I leaving out? Boston? Oh, yeah, they'd be 10th. So right now we're talking about a five-game trip where the Warriors are facing the 7th, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th teams in the Eastern Conference.
2: Is it really that big of a test for this Warriors team at 21-4? and well it is because it's an east coast trip but you know what i i'm looking at the east jd and there's a few other teams that, you know atlanta's been disappointing so far early early this year um but the if you look at the stand, i you know if you look at the, the bucks 16 and 10 they're probably they probably think they should have won you know they should be 19 and 7 miami i thought would be a little bit better than 15 and 11 but um so i i think if you look at those teams you're absolutely right but um, you know to me it, while these guys while not you're right none of these teams are are juggernauts they're all pretty good or, or let's put it this way they're all capable of beating the Warriors at their own building if they play well and I'll even include Indiana there and I think Indiana is actually the worst of those five but to me the intriguing part is is this one is they're playing on national television. On Saturday, and Steph Curry needs 10 threes to break Ray Allen's record. And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did they make it that? You know, make <laughs> how did they pick that game and it's gonna be perfect? Because 10 is the kind of number, yeah, you know, 16 was preposterous in a way. 10, you know, I've I've actually dug inside some numbers and we can we can talk about that in a minute, but we all know 10's doable for Curry. So if he doesn't get it well, first of all, if he gets it Saturday, it's going to be dramatic, you would figure. Um, if he doesn't get it Saturday, it's a, it, it'll probably be then not a lot of pressure in Indiana. He'll need three or something like that. Um, but to me, the, the the most interesting part of this uh this trip, JD, is they play the Knicks on a back-to-back and it'll be their third in four games. And look, the Knicks, the Knicks play defense and they play pretty hard for Thibodeau so that that game I have circled as a real tough one and then they end the trip in Toronto on a back-to-back after playing the Celtics so you know there's two back-to-backs in there those are never easy uh maybe I'm still underestimating this team but if I'm the Warriors I'm taking three and two I'm taking three and two on this trip
1: I think you're taking three and two if you're the Warriors, but there's a push and a pathway to get to four and one. And I and sure. I really, I mean, Indiana's got a bunch of guys in the health and safety protocols. It, it sounds like Rick Carlisle's not even going to be coaching. Uh, that may help I, the Pacers. I, I was, I, I figured you
0: might go there.
1: Uh, the, the Knicks game is is a, a toughie, and and look, the Knicks gave the Warriors some problems defensively last year, and I couldn't score really on the Warriors effectively. So right. I, I mean, I think that's an interesting game. You, Philly is, is the game, right? Because Philly, I think, has the most easily explainable reasons for the record being where it is, and it's it it is simple as just go back to the night before Thanksgiving when they were at Chase Center and they had nobody playing. I mean, they basically had six of their top eight in their rotation that were unavailable and they had to play with that group for about a week, really, with Embiid out and obviously all of the drama surrounding Ben Simmons. They hadn't had Tobias Harris or Seth Curry uh, for for a number of games there. So uh, I, I think the headliner, as far as this trip goes, is the opener, the nationally televised game. You know, ABC's feeling great about that in Philly for one of those late 830 Eastern starts. The Warriors are back on top of the mountain. The Sixers are one of the teams that could challenge them. You know, the crowd in, in Philly's going to be electric and, and Steph yep. likes to put on a show. So I, I think that that's the test. I think the Knicks are probably part two of that with the second of the back-to-back. And, and, look, Boston and Toronto, for whatever reason, you know, they've had some really good teams, obviously. They, they tend to, to battle the Warriors maybe better than most teams. So I think, I think it does make for an interesting trip. But, man, I, I tell you, if the Warriors do wind up going four-on-one on this thing – I mean, look out at that point. They'd be talking about 25 and
2: five if they could get to that point. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, And I, but I do think um, while they could go four and one, if they did go four and one, JD, you're right. They would be rolling. But they, you know, to my way of thinking, um, I don't want to say the schedule's been easy, but it's because it, it, but it's been very balanced. And so, I'm just looking at these these games. It's a it's a it's five games in what eight days, uh, maybe nine. It, it, those kind of trips take their toll on a team. Hell, Curry may sit a game. You know what I mean? We may be at that point. Well, which um, game? Indiana. I don't know
1: because if he's going to sit a
2: game, it's going to be Indiana, right? You would you're think not, you're not sitting him in, in the in the ABC game. Well, and then that'll that'll bring you know then Indiana is hot because Curry's not going to break the record there. But, but that you know might what be think? a
1: game the Warriors could win without him, kind of like exactly. the Detroit game,
2: if, if Indiana's not going to have a bunch of their guys. Exactly. And, and you got New York the next night. And the one thing, though, J.D., is Warriors don't owe the Pacers anything. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, now that it's on the road, what I'm saying is... If it doesn't happen in Philly, everybody's going to want to have it in New York City at Madison Square Garden. You almost wish those games were
1: flipped. You almost wish the Knicks were the next game, right? Right. Wouldn't it be?
2: Like, what the hell is that? You go from Philly to Indy and then back to New York? But I would have no problem Curry makes seven threes against Philly, and he sits against Indiana, and he goes to Madison Square Garden and does it. Because it's a second of a back to back anyway, so you're preserving him from playing in a back yeah, to back. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I guess, I guess fans in Indianapolis would be hot, but they'd probably be more hot that they're just not going to see Steph Curry than, than a particular record, if you know what I mean. But yeah, that's what I'm going to call. I'm going to call no Steph Curry against Indiana, and he breaks it in New York. All right. Two things
1: popped into my head as as we do usually once we get rolling. We get about five five minutes in or so. A couple of couple of branches off of just two things: fatigue of late because you're talking about the trip and, and fatigue, and I think it relates potentially to, to Stephen Curry's shooting struggles of late, which which I don't think are, are, are much of anything. I know you've hit me in our our chat from time to time, and and you're always. You're always keeping an eye on it. I think Definitely. a little bit more closely than than certainly I do. But but it's twofold. With it's Curry in the shooting slump, if you will, of, of the last handful of games. But it's also, you know, the Warriors lost a game to San Antonio at Chase Center at the end of an emotional, just drawn-out week, and, and they just looked like they didn't have anything in the tank. The, the one thing I wonder, because you go back to the 15, 16 year, and look, I'm not saying they're going to push for 70 games or anything like that, but it's it's this area of fatigue and the fact that, that maybe one of the things the Warriors are going to have to be concerned about is pacing themselves at, at different points of this season and not wearing themselves out because they clearly are expending a lot more energy
2: than a lot of teams are these first two months of the season. No doubt about it. And, and to me, forget Curry for a minute. And let's take a look at the roster. You have Jordan Poole. Well, he's going to be asked to play 82 games this year and, and 25 to 30 minutes a game. He's never done that before. You look at somebody like Juan Toscano Anderson going to be asked to play, you know, 70 games at, at more minutes than he's ever had, or at least he's going to play more games than he ever has. You know, what's Gary Payton the second is, is he going to be, uh, you know, is he going to feel the effects of, man, I haven't played 60 games in a season at this level, this consistently, will he theoretically, you know, feel that, that fatigue and wear down. And you know what? Ditto for Damian Lee and even a, a player to me who's got experience like Otto Porter. You know, can Otto Porter stay healthy? You know, and if they're gonna rest him here and there, can he can he give them 70 games then? Um, like that's the kind of stuff that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking at once January kind of rolls around. What what okay, now let's bring it
1: back to Curry then, because I think I, I think the one part just to tie off that. That part of the conversation for now. I think the Warriors believe that they have enough depth to where if they lose somebody for a for a stretch, they can just plug somebody else. I in. think so, and I think you know Iguodala. They've been without Iguodala for basically the last month after he got right. off to a really good start, and you know that was one of those where I, I was thinking maybe the template as he gets ready to come back in Philadelphia. Maybe the template for Iguodala is he's going to play three or four weeks, he's going to take a month, and then he's going to play three or four weeks, and then he's going to take a month and get himself. and And then the way they'll time it is he'll get a month and then play a few right before the playoffs, and and then he'll be ready to roll, and you'll try and manage it that way.
2: I think that's possible, and and it, it may not be a month; maybe it'd be two or three weeks at a time, so so keeps fresh. But you you said that you know you you didn't doubt that he you know he was banged up and he he needed like this I don't think is a maintenance or rest.
1: No, he was I injured. think this
2: yeah, exactly. So, um but but certainly he comes back and now you say, look, we don't want to lose Iguodala for a month at a time or 5 weeks. So, we're going to manage him from January 1st, which basically means he's you know, he's going to play, he's going to skip every fourth game or or he'll get a week here or there, but it's just kind of funny how That's become such a big part of of the NBA, and I I don't mean to get off track, but that's almost something you do in baseball when you look ahead on the schedule and you look at, okay, who's pitching up in that series next week against LA? Well, there's an opportunity to give a guy or two a day off, and look, I can squeeze in an extra day because we have off. And you know that, like that game doesn't that game's hasn't been played forever in the NBA. Guys just go, used to go out and just play, um, kind of regardless of their age. And if they got hurt, then they stopped playing. There was no real maintenance of any kind.
1: So what do you think of Curry? Uh, what do you think of what's going on? Anything going on with Curry? Is, is it, is it nothing? Is it something? Is it, is it everything? I mean, I know you don't think it's everything, but uh, I mean, I'm looking at this as yeah, sure. You could do dig up the numbers and say it's one of the worst shooting stretches of, of his career over a certain stretch. I mean, he was hunting the three-point record, I thought, early in the game against Portland. Although, look, this is kind of a, a week in the schedule, and I'm going back to after the Phoenix game and relating it back to uh, that game was a week ago tonight as we record this. The Warriors basically had a week where there was nothing going. San Antonio, nothing going. They lost that one. Orlando, no juice. I mean, Portland had no McCollum or Lillard. Like to me, the, the Warriors almost went through a, a week of you want to get your wins, but there just aren't a lot of stakes. And so I, I, I'm not really looking at anything that I see from any of those games too closely as it pertains to the bigger picture. You're a little more detailed than I am when it comes to that sort of thing. I just I kind of throw some games out of the equation and and these last Two, really, if not three, I'm willing to just throw out. What uh, What do you think of that? What do you think of just kind of where Curry's been?
2: Well, I think it's easy to say Portland was a one-off to some degree, and I completely agree. Clearly, the Warriors were trying to figure out Okay, how do we want to do this? Should we look for Steph all the time, but we can't overdo it? Try to stay. You know what I mean? They Everybody did. was. He, right. They were hunting it. They were, they were trying right. to see if he could hit four or five in the first quarter,
1: and then it was off to the races. And I'll, I'll put it to you this way. It was almost as if they saw Portland coming in without Lillard and McCollum and thought, you know what? If, if, if we can try to get Curry rolling, we'll do it. And if it means the game's going to be ugly and closer than it should be, then you know what? We'll just win the game ugly and closer than right. it should be and 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 we'll move on to the next one.
2: Yeah, and and then I thought, you know, obviously I think he, what he started one for six from three point range or something like that and he was he was getting a bunch of shots off early. And then I think what has to naturally happen is you, you got to say, all right, well, we can't do this all game. So, you know, let's try to play the right way and and he'll probably hit a couple that way anyway. And then if that happens, maybe we'll go back to trying to spoon feed him as much as we can. As far as his shooting. And I, I, I started this research last night. Um, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me for this five games, but I know he's had a four for 21 and a seven for 28. And then last game, which I think was a fifth game of that stretch. He was five for 17, uh, from, from three point range. So I started going back to all, to all his game logs, all right, uh, from his rookie year. And this guy is absolutely unbelievable because I did the numbers on, like, that stretch, four for 21, seven for 28. And it, you know, it's like, I don't it's like 20 for 69 or something like that. And what you find is when you go through his logs, he has a couple bets. Ba- He always has a 13 for 21. Like he, it never goes five games, never without a real, without a good shooting night. And so the amazing thing is, this is one of the worst shooting stretches, four games or five games that I've, I'm sure that I'm going to come across some. I think I'm going to come across some that are worse, but you know what, JD? He's never had a four for 21. I can never remember a seven for 28. So my point is if you squeeze the four and 21, if you squeeze a, whatever he was, nine for 20, that game in the middle of those two, it's not it's still not very good. But what I'm getting at more so is, as you go through his game logs, you, you, this guy's shooting is just it's just beyond prolific. He doesn't really have shooting slumps that last two weeks. No. 10 days, 12 days. That's that's about what it is. But, like, Steph Curry has never been, you know, never shot 30% for a month. You know? he's Like, he's never done anything like how Anthony Davis has started this season, for example, where he can't make a mid-range shot. And he's among... And he's, and he's clearly been slumping for, for the first part of the season. So um, I'm going to finish. I'll, I'll have that research done by next week. But by that point, J.D., I'm sure he'll have a couple 14-for-22s tucked away, and, and the point will be moot.
1: Well, and, and even to that point, I mean, you look at to your what you were saying about the four or five-game stretches, he's always got one. I mean, the, he had an eight. At for, least. He had an eight-for-16, but a seven for 13 from three right. a- against Orlando, even right. mixed in, maybe chasing the record a little bit against Portland and, and Phoenix doing a number on them. Um, and, and, you know, San Antonio, I thought for as, as bad as they are actually did a really nice job uh, with the, with the bodies that they have trying to trying to make life difficult uh, on him Uh, and, and, you know, put forth an effort on a night where the warriors didn't really have it. So I, again, go ahead. I'll let you. Well, here's,
2: here's the way I look at it is let's say they play Philly tomorrow and Curry goes eight for 23 and, uh, four for 13 from three. Okay. So at that point, you'll have to acknowledge that in the last six, seven games. He's really had three awful shooting nights. So when does it become now, a problem? Well, when that's it- well, that's my point. My That's exactly my point. My point is, okay, who's going to be the first one to say, uh-oh, he's in trouble? Is this the start of the decline? Even if it's somewhat marginal? Like, I, I'm not going to say, like, that's kind of what I mean. How long would Steph Curry have to go in a shooting slump before you would say, you think he's you think he's lost his step now? You think the shots are tougher? Is this the first sign of the decline? Let me tell you one thing, J.D. I ain't going to be that guy. <laughs> well... It would have to be, I think, a two or a three month stretch
1: where the numbers and I mean in a season. And and yeah, or, I, would, and, yeah. and, and I had a month the, a
2: month and a half at least.
1: Yeah, at probably least. at the beginning of a season. It would probably have to be the Anthony Davis, you know, level in terms of time, right? Like we're about two right. months into the year. He's been awful. And and I'm not comparing the two, but it's it's an example of somebody that's that's really struggling. And, but it would it would have to be, I think, we get to around this time and it's like, man, Curry's 35% from three for the year. And he hasn't had as many of those games. And so right. to me, it's 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 much ado about nothing at, at this point. And, and you're just waiting for him to kind of break out of it uh, again. And I think, you know, getting Klay Thompson back and, and getting some things in order. I mean, all of these things I think are going to allow for him to get easier shots, which are going to allow for, for more makes. I, I think if there's one thing that teams have limited a little bit and you can't always limit this is, I think they've limited the, the flurry, the, 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 the stretches in games where, cause I think that's a part of like trying to defend the warriors. And I think that's a part right. of what makes the warriors great is the run where he'll hit three or four in a row and just, just take the game over. Because you can sense it coming, he hits exactly. a couple, and the momentum of the game is trending a certain way, and then you know you're going to be almost going for it at a at a certain point. Well, that's yeah, but they're well, going the other in. Thing
2: plus, is like if he, yeah, plus the other thing with Curry and and his percentage and all that kind of stuff is, you know, he starts a game three for four, let's say. Well, I'm not saying he counts his stats, but. You know, if you're three for four, you got some, you know, you got some wiggle room because you miss a few, you're three for seven. Well, that's okay. That's yeah. still pretty good. But then you and make it, the next one, you're four for eight. You're shooting percent exactly. from three. But you know what though, JD? I'm looking at I'm looking at his field goal percentage and three point percentage. And look, this is I'm not saying it's happening, but this is the way it's happening. You know, right now Steph's shooting forty-three point nine percent from the field overall. All right, let's the five game season gets thrown out. Um, and so right now that's the lowest he's ever shot from the field by one percentage point. He shot 45 in 2012, 2013. You know, he's got 48, 50, 46, 8, 49, 5, 47, 2, 48, 2 last year. You know, 43 9, that's nothing to not acknowledge like that's a drop enough to say, okay, well, let's keep an eye on that because that, that's, that should be coming up to over 45 or so in the next, you know, whatever month, the three point shooting, he's at 41.3 again, phenomenal league for a league wide number, phenomenal. But the reality is it's, it's, it's two plus percentage points below his career numbers. And on the one hand, do I think it's a huge deal? Not really. On the other hand, I every great player it starts very slowly. And again, I'm not going to be the one to to say it's happening, but it is something that I I do uh put some importance into, you know, once you start getting halfway through the season, 60 games through the season and then you start realizing huh this is going to be the lowest shooting percentage year of curry's career okay well that maybe that's not a coincidence now that he's 34
1: well and it's something that you would also then take into the next year with a little bit more of an eye toward all right let's see how it looks but the reality is still he's still. we're not there yet He's still the MVP in the league right now. If the season ended today, and look, if there's one thing he's shown, it's it's that he's going to have a a white hot stretch that's going to carry his numbers right back in line with what probably throughout the course of his career. I mean, he's still averaging five three point makes a game. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you, and I got a a couple of things here. I know we're starting to get short on time—about five or six minutes to go here. Uh, As far as Steve Kerr saying he's not concerned about Curry's two-point percentage he wants him to keep shooting a lot more three-pointers uh I mean it it, the the attempts are are obviously up he's never shy about it but I think it's interesting he Steve Kerr basically said he doesn't think Curry has to go to the basket as much because the Warriors offense is going to get you know there's enough space and and room to operate to where they don't need him attacking it they've got other other players that can that can sort of do that I I thought that was a little interesting because his his two-point numbers are down Uh, that that is a fact as far as finishing around the basket and he hadn't been getting calls that was another thing that kind of popped up during the week it was Steve Kirk gave a little he gave a little shot I thought at the officials without doing it in a way where he was going to get fined
2: yeah um It makes analytic sense. If Steph Curry's shooting 43% overall, and he's shooting 41.3% from three, well, you know what? Then take all threes, because you're making them at the same rate, essentially, as you're making your twos. Right. So I also think... And, and this is where I think Kerr's going backwards a little. You know how in a tight game and, and it's uh, everybody's fatigued and there's tiredness, what do guys have a tendency to do? They have a tendency to take threes because going to the basket and driving is much, much harder than, than taking threes, particularly when you're fatigued. So I think Kerr is almost doing it the other way and saying, you know what? One way to keep Steph a little fresher might be to have him shoot more threes rather than Attack the basket. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but maybe you employ that strategy with the with the kind of understanding that as the the season gets later and later, you do it. You go to the basket more and more because maybe you're you're just a, a wee bit healthier.
1: Couple of things here to wrap it up. Uh, the focus on the the three young players. All right. So James Wiseman, Steve Kerr says this week. All right, it's probably going to be 2022. Kind of said it without saying it. So, look, we're three weeks away from 2022, so it's not like it's that far away. But I think everybody was anticipating he was going to be back talking about Wiseman at some point here mid to late December along the lines of Clay. Uh, Any concern on that front now? I mean, I still think they kind of don't need him, so they're they're really just making sure they're being – Extra cautious, and then and then kind of the last thing uh, was just Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga just tearing up the G League, right? Kaminga going yeah. for twenty five, Moody going for thirty seven. I mean, the Warriors, I-, I questioned if they could have their cake and eat it too with those guys. It kind of feels like they're they're able to do that in terms of letting them go play and and still being good enough to to win games on the front end. Kind of to just touch on on both of those in particular, Wiseman.
2: Wiseman doesn't worry me; he really doesn't. Um, whether he comes back January third or January twenty third, to me, that's not that's not important. Um, what's important to me, if you're a Warrior fan, is can this guy give you at the beginning, you know, twelve minutes where he's helping you? What does that mean? Well, it means that he's not a defensive liability. It means that his teammates feel like they can trust him on that end. He's not trying to do too much offensively. And if he can do that, I think he's going to help the team win more. And listen, if the Golden State Warriors win the title and James Wiseman is the eighth or ninth man on that title team, essentially great. Terrific. Like there's nothing wrong with that. As for Kaminga and Moody, I mean, Kaminga's is an interesting player. There's no doubt about it. And and Moody you know, Moody seems to be the least and the least dynamic of the three, but he also could be a rotation guy for ten years down the line, and and you never give those guys up, JD.
1: Yeah, and I I wonder if Kaminga could wind up being a little bit of a factor at some point at the end of this year. I I just am keeping that in the back of my mind; it's something right. to monitor. Man, we got on a roll. We blew through 30 minutes pretty fast here. A couple of things we didn't get to, but uh, the good news is we'll, we'll get a chance to do another one of these in, in next week. So we'll, we'll check in mid-road trip. Uh, Steiny, appreciate it as always, my man. We'll, we'll talk next week. All right, man, take care. All right, for Matt Steinmetz, I'm John Dickinson, your Warriors Weekly Podcast in the books.